Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I'm so glad we're all together. Hasn't it been so great over the past, I guess we've been doing this a month, meeting together. I've enjoyed it so much. Man, it's, it's not inspiring leading worship for a camera. I'm just being honest. I don't know. That's how I feel. So <laughs> I, am, I am so glad that we are back together and, uh, and worshiping together, and it has been um, such a blessing. Um, man, God's presence has been here today, and we felt that. I'm just going to bring a word for the next couple minutes, and I want to share with you just what I feel like the Lord was sharing with me this past week, and hopefully encourages you and challenges you. But uh, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room right now. God, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're real. We thank you that you're alive. We pray that not one person will leave this building the same way that they walked in. God, we thank you today that your presence changes everything. God, in your presence is fullness of joy, Lord. In, in, in your presence, we're healed, we're changed, we're set free. So Lord, we just open up our hearts to receive what you want to do in us today. And I pray that, God, God, that as your word goes out, Lord, it wouldn't be my words, but it would be yours. I pray that you'll take control of my voice right now. Speak through me, and I pray that you will just change us as we, as we learn from your word today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, I want to share a message with you this morning called, Hungry for What? Hungry for what? You don't have to turn to your neighbor because your neighbor is eight feet away. You're going to have to shout to him. No, just kidding. Hungry for what? Has anybody ever been hungry before? In fact, I'm, I'm not quite hungry yet, but I'll be hungry probably by the 11 o'clock service. Hungry, right? You've been hungry before. You know the feeling of hunger. Last week I went on this, last week, last year I went on this journey uh, physically and, uh, and, and I lost a lot of weight. Now during quarantine I gained about 12 of it back, but that's okay, I'm, 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 I'm on the way back to health. But, but I just want to share with you what I learned about getting healthy. It was like, it wasn't a difference between the hunger levels of me being unhealthy and healthy. I was still hungry when I was living unhealthily and hungry when I was living healthily. But the difference was this. As I started to make some decisions to become more healthy, my desires started to change. My desires started to shift. And once my desires changed, it became easy. I was exercising. I haven't been able to go to the gym for three months, so I haven't been exercising. Hopefully you don't give me an amen on that. But like, I, I, I was exercising. I was feeling good. I was making healthy decisions and my desires began to shift. I saw, man, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat a cheeseburger late at night. I have been working so hard. I feel so good. My desires started to shift. And I think it's the same spiritually. I, I, I want to bring this point to you today about our spiritual hunger, spiritually being hunger for God. You know, our relationship, a problem in our relationship with God, God often isn't hunger. You may, you may say, what do you mean? Uh, I don't feel hungry for God. I don't feel a desire for God. Our problem with hunger in our relationship with God, our problem in our relationship with God is not often hunger. The problem is often your diet, your spiritual diet. It's not hunger. You're going to be hungry either way. 
But we need to disseminate, and I feel like the Lord is asking me maybe for us to do some self-reflection today. At the end of maybe a long season where we've been kind of off of schedules and doing different things, maybe you feel like you're in a season where you've lost hunger for God. Maybe you look at your schedule and there's not time for the word in there. There's not time for for scripture in there and, and prayer and spending time with God, spending time with believers. And you say, what happened? I don't feel as hungry anymore. The problem isn't hunger. The problem's never hunger. Just like you're always going to be hungry. No matter what it is on a day-to-day basis, you have to feed yourself. You are all, your soul is always going to be hungry for something. God has put that inside of you. He's put this place inside of you where you need something to fill it. Now, God's created you uniquely to, for, that, for that place to be filled by his presence. Can you say amen? But sometimes we get tricked into the lie that we can satiate that hunger with other things. With so many different things. And so our problem often isn't, man, why am I not hungry for God? The problem is, what am I satiating my hunger with that is drawing me away from my desire to satiate my desire for God? So today I want to say to you, maybe if, if we look at our lives and say, man, what's wrong? It's not a hunger problem. I've heard so many people say, uh, man, I'm just, not, I'm just not hungry for God. I don't feel hunger for God like I used to. And I used to be excited about church. I used to be excited about God's word. I used to be uh, uh, passionate about sharing Jesus with others. And I don't feel hungry anymore. I would like to present to you today that the problem is not your hunger. The problem is your appetite. So maybe you look at your life and you've changed the way you've looked at sin. You've changed the way you've spent your time. You've changed the way that you've started to live your life. And all of a sudden, things have drawn your heart to a different direction. You feel the ramifications of saying, man, I don't feel as hungry as I used to. Well, the problem isn't you're not hungry. The problem is you're satisfying your hunger differently. If we're called to live lives of pursuing Jesus, this isn't a legalistic message today because God, the Bible says God has given you all things richly to enjoy. Everything that comes from God, he wants to bless you with. But I just want to say today, everything in the right priority of putting God first in your life. And so I want to read these verses to you this morning from Galatians chapter 5. The fight for our soul is always this. It's always between flesh and spirit. Are we following the spirit of God or are we yielding ourselves to the flesh? Are we in obedience to God's word or are we choosing sin to to, to place our diet and make our appetite? Let me say this to you. What you begin to do will become an appetite. You know, I didn't crave ice cream before I started eating ice cream. (laughs) I started pretty early, so it's been a craving for a long time. But like, I didn't crave it before I experienced it. But how many of you know when you begin to eat something, it all of a sudden becomes an appetite? It's the same with things that draw us away from God. All of a sudden I have these appetites that I didn't used to because I've been eating. But let me encourage you today. In the same way with your health, where I saw my appetites change, where I didn't desire the same things anymore. You may say, man, I've, I've had this desire in my life for decades and it won't go away. I believe today that the Holy Spirit and by your steps of obedience, that thing will begin to be removed from your life. Maybe not, maybe not in a moment, but I believe gradually, day by day, as you choose Jesus, I believe you'll come to a place where, where the things in your life that draw you away from God, draw you away from his presence, will no longer be an appetite in your life. Can you say amen today for God's restorative grace? 
that he'll restore even your desires. Man, that he'll change your desires. Let me read this to you, Galatians chapter five. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because this is what, they're against each other. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. I think it's, understand, it's interesting that the Bible says when you choose to live in the spirit, I wish to do the things of the flesh, but I don't because I'm walking in the spirit. It's the same with the opposite way. Man, I want to live in the spirit, but I'm just walking in an appetite of the flesh and I, I'm, I'm not doing the things that I want to do. So today it's a choice. We have a choice before us on a, on a moment to moment basis, I believe. Do I satiate the appetites and the hungers of my soul with the world, or do I satiate the, the hunger of my soul with things that God has placed before me? I just want to share with you a little bit of the story of the children of Israel, what they, what they go through, and you all probably know this, but maybe if you don't, I'll remind you, Abraham is called by God to be the leader, the father of his people, and through the years, uh, many great men and women of God lead God's people, judges, and, and, but, but, but it comes to this man, Moses. God's people are in, in Egypt, and they are in slavery. They're in bondage. Slavery is a horrible thing. They don't have control over their lives. They're not living the God-given life that, that God has promised them. So they're in slavery to this man, Pharaoh, and, and, and God supernaturally delivers them from the bondage of Egypt. He saves them. This is a beautiful picture of what God does with us, of salvation. He brings them through the Red Sea, which is a beautiful picture of baptism, miraculously through the water, into this place called, not the promised land, but the, just shout it out if you remember where they end up. It's the, the wilderness, right? They show up in this barren desert land where they all of a sudden have to figure out because God's leading them. They have to follow God through the wilderness to the place that God's calling them. But there's things in this wilderness called trials. Anybody have a trial before? It's just a fancy church word for problems. I had one today. I had one yesterday. You can be honest with me. We have trials. We have problems in this world. It's issues, health, finances, emotional, struggles, our world is facing trials, problems. So, so they're in this position. They begin to follow Moses, but they don't know exactly where they're going. Each day is a step of faith. Can you say amen that this journey with God, there's no road map put out before you. Your Bible doesn't tell you next week you're going to move to Indianapolis and there you're going to serve God for 14. No, uh, it's a step-by-step -step walk of faith with Jesus. And so they're challenged with that and they struggle with it. They're put in a place where they're hungry and they have to rely on God. I just want to say to you today, encourage if you feel like you're in a season of wilderness where you don't know where you're going, where you don't know the path ahead of you, God uses wilderness seasons because you have to fully rely on him to satisfy you and lead you. If you feel like you don't know where you're going, you can be encouraged today that you have a greater opportunity to lean into, God, where are you taking me? How can I follow you? I want to stay close to you. I don't even know where we're going, but please lead me. So they're, they're in this place of the wilderness. I want to show you something that ha begins to happen with their appetites. They begin to get hungry. Now they're in the desert. There's no food for them there. There's no place for, there's no place for them to grow food. They're in a desert. They're in a wilderness. So they start to get hungry. They start 
to complain. I want to read with you in Exodus chapter 16, starting in verse 1. It says, They journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Look at this, verse 3. I think this is so interesting. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. See, they forgot that they were slaves so quickly, didn't they? They forgot that they belonged to somebody else other than God that somebody else had the right over them and they begin to remember their former appetites. What used to taste good. What used to feel good. Man, we used to have meat in Egypt. I know they'd beat us every day. I know we were slaves, but the appetite, man, it, it, it was, I want that right now. See, see, I would submit to you today that your problem is not hunger, your problem is appetite. What do I want to replace with my love and hunger for God? What do I want to replace with my service for God that will distract me or even give me momentary pleasure aside from the freedom that he gives and the purpose that he blesses with? How many can say amen that? Man, he's freed us from sin. He's freed us from the bondage. Pharaoh's a type of, 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 of Satan. He's freed us from the kingdom of darkness. And now we are children of God. But sometimes we start to remember the, the former appetites. What do I feel like doing? And so it says, verse 4, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from you. You know, I believe firmly the Lord will never let your soul go hungry. If you feel like you're lost, if you feel like you need something from him, just begin to ask. It says he even responds to their complaining. You know, so often David complains to the Lord in Psalms and the Lord like shows up. He's like, all right, I'm here. What are we gonna do? Like, I think the Lord just wants honesty from you sometimes. He just wants an honest cry saying, God, I, I, need, you to, I, need, I need you to fulfill whatever's wrong here. It says, the Lord said, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather in a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in. It shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel at the evening, at evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. Verse seven. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Let's, just a few more verses. Verse eight. Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but the Lord. Verse 13, I want to show you what happened. So it was that quail came up in the evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, dew lay all around the camp. And there was a layer. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness, there was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. For when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. The word manna literally means what? <laughs> it doesn't mean what is it. It means what? <laughs> and Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. 
Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer per person, according to the number of persons. Let each man take for those who are in his tent. Let's skip to verse 31. It says this. And the house of Israel called its name manna, which means what? (laughs) And it was like white coriander seed. The taste of it was like wafers made with honey. That sounds kind of good. I don't know. Anyways, the Israelites, they're satiated in the wilderness with food from God with God's direct provision, <laughs> with God's direct feeding them. I want to show you in Numbers 11 what, what happens, and I want to make a few points, and then, and then we'll close here this morning. But it says in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4, it says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? See, the, see, God's been feeding them this whole time, and they're not hungry anymore. See, it, it, they're acting hungry, but the problem isn't hunger. The problem is appetite. Who's going to feed us? You ever gotten to the place in your life where you're serving God, and all of a sudden your appetites begin to change? You wonder, why am I not hungry for God? But maybe you look at your life and say, I am filling myself with so many other things that aren't from God. It says, who is going to give us the meat to eat? Well, God's been giving you quail every night and bread every morning. Why are you hungry? You're not hungry. Your appetites have begun to change. Verse 5, look at this. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. Yeah, but you were a slave. The cucumbers. Who even likes cucumbers anyway? The melons. Yeah, but, but you were a slave. The leeks. The onions. Yeah, but you were a slave, bro. The garlic, I love garlic. Can I get an amen for my Italian brothers and sisters today? What is up? But you were a slave, bro. Who cares about garlic? You were a slave. But now our whole being is dried up and there is nothing at all except what God has given us, this manna. (laughs) They become disappointed with what God is doing. Why? It's not because they're hungry. It's because their appetites have begun to change. I just want to submit to you today that in your life, if you look at yourself and say, man, I'm just not as hungry as I used to be, look at your spiritual diet. I guarantee you there's some, there's some things that have shifted. I, I've been doing some looking into my own life this past week as I've been preparing this message. Lord, am I, how am I not as hungry as I need to be, as I used to be? I want to be more hungry for you. But the problem with me is it's not that I'm not hungry. What am I filling my diet with, my spiritual diet with that doesn't come from you that I still desire from before? What is it? It could be so many things. It could be so many things. I wanna, we'll skip the next verses in Numbers, but, but what happens is the Lord, I think it's so interesting, so often the Lord gives them what they ask for. He sends more food. But it says in Psalm 106, I want to read these verses to you in Psalm 106, verse 13. Talking about the Israelites going through the wilderness. It says this, they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Look at this. They lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. They tested God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Maybe looking at your life today and saying, man, I just don't feel the hunger for God. I don't feel the passion. I don't feel that anointing that I used to. I want to submit to you that it is not God's fault. It's not God's fault when my heart grows cold toward him. It's my appetites. 
It's me. He's still the same. He hasn't changed. He hasn't withdrawn from you. He's not playing a sick game with you where he leaves and comes back and hide and seek. No. It's often me going, doing my own thing, finding my, my purpose in something else and coming back and, not, and wondering why I'm not excited about God anymore. And so I, I know this is maybe a strong word. This is not pointed at anything or anybody, but I feel like God wanted me to share with you today that if you're feeling low in hunger today, hunger is not your problem. Diet is your problem. What am I feeding myself with? What am I eating today? You have a choice every single day. Do I feed on the things of the flesh or the spirit? Now, I, don't, I, I want you to just know today that everything that comes from God is good for you. But that's not saying that you need to be reading your Bible and praying 100% of your time. No, if it's not a priority, I, I'd beg you today, make it a priority. But I'm not being legalistic and saying, well, you can't ever have fun. Man, we enjoy, we, my dad has often said this, and I believe it is so true, that when you are putting God first in your life, when he's your joy and he's your purpose, the other things that he's given you to enjoy are so much more enjoyable. Can I say can I get an amen this morning? Man, you can enjoy a beautiful vacation with your family. You can enjoy a great movie and a great dinner and, and, and great times together, fellowshipping, spending time with one another, doing what God has given you the ability to be blessed with, but you need to realize that it's a heart issue, not an not a activity issue, that if your heart is not satisfied with him, you're gonna think, man, I'm hungry for something. And you keep on trying to satisfy it with different things and it's the mirage of, the mirage of, of, of trying to be satisfied. So you finally get to the thing that you think's gonna, and then you, and you're disappointed and you look up, well, what happened? You're just left there with sand and you gotta find the next thing. And, the, and we see our society doing this is like running after thing to thing to thing and nothing seems to be working. Why? It's because it wasn't meant to. And so I just wanna finish with these with these verses for us this morning. And maybe, uh, Heather, if you could come play. And um, How do I not gain a hunger, but an appetite for the things of God? I don't have 100 points today. I just have three that I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you. And the first one is this, is that it always starts with God. It always starts with prayer. So if you maybe look at your life and you say today, man, I want to start filling my life with God more. I just say this personally. I am never happier. I am never happier than in the moments where I'm closest to God. I'm just being honest. There's moments where I ch I've chased other things, success, uh, 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 sports, friendships, relationships, things that I've put ahead of God, and I, I will tell you, maybe, maybe not misery is the word, but I have never been happier when God was my first desire. That's just, that's just the truth. And so I want to read this to you this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It starts, your desires changing starts with God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You can know today that as you give your life to God, as, as I believe many of, of all of you have given your life to God, you are a new creation. So the old appetites, the things that you used to eat in Egypt, they, don't, they will not satisfy you any longer because the thing you were meant for is Jesus. And so the, the onions and the leeks and the garlics, when you were a slave, it's like, yeah, that might have tasted good in the moment, but that's not what will satisfy my soul. Jesus is my satisfaction. So it starts with God. Come to him and say, God, 
I've been filling my life with so many things that I don't believe are putting you first. I've been leaving you out. I repent today and I choose to make time for you. I want to submit to you today. If you don't have a daily time where you spend at least some time with God praying, spending a little time in his word, start doing it today. Make a decision today. God, I'll do it. I'm sorry that I've put other things ahead of you. I realize you're busy. I'm busy too. We all have a crazy life to lead sometimes, but, but just believe me, you will be the most joyful and, 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 and purposeful when you are satisfying the hunger of your life with the presence of Jesus. Second thing is this. Identify and remove appetites that are satiating my hunger apart from putting God first. The first is sinful desires. I'm not even going to get into it because we all, we know. And sinful things will, will deceive me and drag me away from the presence of God, put shame into my life, make me think that I can no longer return to God's presence because of what I've done. I just want to encourage you and remind you today, it does not matter what you have done. He's, he's forgiven everything you could ever think of doing and he's restored you and he'll heal you and he'll, he'll, he'll change your desires, he'll change your appetites to where you don't even desire that thing anymore and you walk close to him in his presence. So things of sin, and may they be removed so we could fill ourselves with God. But I, I was thinking about some non-sinful things that we could run after to try to satiate. This is what I look into the world and see, non-sinful things. Affirmation of man. The affirmation of man isn't sinful. But when I seek to fill the hunger of my soul with it, it becomes idolatry. I can't fill myself with what you think of me. Because sometimes you're going to like me and sometimes you won't. So it's a roller coaster life trying to fill myself with what, what people think of what I'm doing, God's called me to do. In fact, every single man and woman in the Bible who fulfilled the call of God on their life, it usually wasn't popular. <laughs> people weren't crazy about it. They're the only people saw it at the end and they were like, wow, God moved in that man or woman's life. Don't base your joy, your, your hunger off the affirmation of man. Money, I mean, money's good. God has created money. He's called you to steward it well. Talk, the Bible, Bible talks a lot about money, multiplying it, using it wisely. But when we begin to rely on it, satisfy the hunger of the soul with it, you see that it doesn't work. So many people who are billionaires who are committing suicide. Now, if money brought happiness, why would a billionaire end their own life just to be free from the pain? It's because it doesn't work like we think it does. Reputation, but entertainment. Our society is so entertainment-driven. Entertain me. We're stimulated at all times. Movies, TV, shows, sports. Uh, we wake up on our phones, social media. We have to be constantly stimulated. But let me just say that we live in the loneliest, most depressed, anxious generation of all time. Why? It's because it's not going to work like you think it will. Relationships, romantic and friendship. God's created relationships, not a sin. A God-given relationships, a beautiful thing. Husband, wife, amazing God-given friendships. When we start to put our reliance and our trust in them fulfilling us, so many marriages end in divorce because they think they're going to fill the hole that's inside with that other person, but they don't realize the same holes in the other person. So they're trying to fill each other's hole with something that they haven't been given. So we all have this stuff that we're trying to fill ourselves with. Maybe it's not even sinful, maybe it's God-given, but if we get it out of the right order, it's detrimental. 
And so today, this isn't a legalistic thing. God's given you richly everything to enjoy, but maybe ask the Holy Spirit, God, is there anything in my life that I look to for satisfaction in, the, in, in a higher priority than you? Than you? And begin to remove, identify, and remove those things. And if they're sin, they're out. And if they're non-sinful, they're in the right place. Put them in the right place. And the third is this. And I think this is what I wanted to get to, and I'll end with this today. Don't wait for your appetites to change. you got to change your diet first. See, once you're living on a diet of the flesh, you're never going to want to start living on a diet of the Spirit. Why? It's because you desire the flesh. Your appetites. Once I start eating cheeseburgers, I'm going to lie to you, I want more cheeseburgers. (laughs) I don't want salad anymore. Because the cheeseburgers make me feel some kind of way. But when I choose to eat healthy, all of a sudden my desires begin to shift. My body comes into line with what it was meant to, to be satisfied by. And I begin to desire differently. So don't wait to be like, you know what, God changed my desires. I'm just going to wait for you to want me to. I've heard this before. I think this is so, uh, it, makes me, it makes me laugh. I've heard people say before, I'm not going to read my Bible because God hasn't given me that desire and I don't want it to be legalistic. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you have it completely wrong. Once you begin to spend time with God and in his word, then your desires are going to change and all of a sudden, man, I want to spend time in the word today. You're like three weeks in, you're like, this is exciting. God's been speaking to me. God's been using me to recite his word to other people and it's changing lives. But at first, I didn't want to read the word. It's boring. I don't have time for that. But when I chose to take a step in faith saying, God, I believe that you can satisfy me, all of a sudden I began to see the fruit of it. So don't wait for your appetites to change. Change your diet. Let me read this verse to you. This is one, and we'll end. This is one of the most misquoted scriptures in all of the Bible. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. So many uh, people have gotten this wrong and they misquote and say, for where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Will be. Say, meaning that your desires will, will lead where you go. No. It actually says where your treasure is. Where your, appet- where, where your decisions lie. So, so what is treasure? It could be money, but it also could be your time. It could be what you spend your time doing. Where you go, where your treasure is. So what I sow into, my heart's going to follow. You know, there's a, I'll end with this. There's a unique, there's a unique thing that businessmen have, um, have discovered that, that I don't, I forget the name of it, but when you invest in something, have you ever done this before? You, you, you've committed to go somewhere or do something. Maybe it's a, a game or a sporting event or a concert or something, but you haven't paid for it. There's this interesting phenomenon that many business people will charge a small amount of money because there's this psychological and I believe spiritual concept that when you invest, you are more, your heart begins to follow. And so if it's cost me nothing, my heart's not invested. But when I begin to invest in my relationship with God, all of a sudden my desires, my appetites begin to change. My hunger begins to grow. I can look at my heart and say, man, something's changing. Something's happening. And so as we end here today, I'd like to propose to you.
that if you felt low in your hunger towards God in recent times, you said, man, I just don't have the same passion. I don't have the same hunger. I don't have the same desire for God. I want to submit to you that it's not really the problem with you being hungry. It's the problem with you changing your diet. This isn't an accusatory message. This is just us being real with one another. Because I I firmly believe that the life lived closest to God is the most joyful, purposeful, uh, life-giving life. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. And that's what this world needs right now. They need people who they can see the Holy Spirit living and moving through that has changed them. That's what we need. And so I want to pray with us this morning. And just as we end here, I'd like to just ask you, maybe just search your heart for the next few moments or later today and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that's taken the place of you in my heart? How can I realign my priorities and my devotion so my, so my hunger can be satisfied in the way that it was meant to and I can follow you more closely? So Holy Spirit, as we end here this morning, I thank you that you're present. Lord, we just ex- are experiencing your presence and your peace right now. Lord, we just ask today, excuse me, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show each one of us, show me today, give us a glimpse into our own heart. God, what is it in our spiritual diet that needs to be changed right now here today? just want to say, if there's sin, God doesn't judge you. God doesn't look down on you. But he says, that needs to be removed from the diet. He'll do it for you. He'll do it in you. Maybe it's a step-by-step process. But commit today, God, that, that no longer, that appetite, I, I can't desire that anymore. God, that desire, I pray that it will go today. Lord, for things that aren't sinful but are out of the right place, Lord, we ask for today for grace to say, God, give us the right placement for everything in our life. And Lord, I thank you, God, that as we do, we will find the most satisfied, purposeful, God-driven life. So Lord, we love you today. Again, we thank you for your presence. We just know that you're here. We know that you're here to touch us and meet us. We just yield ourselves to you. And we say we love you. Can we sing just at the end of this service, uh, I surrender all just to Jesus. And, And I just would like to maybe just lead it, lead you in it, and the pastor will close in prayer, but come on, let's just sing a song of surrender to Jesus. So. I surrender all oh, I surrender all We give you the first place today all to Thee my blessed Savior I sing it one more time. I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. We give you the first place. Oh, I surrender all. All to you, Jesus. there's a real drawing here presence of God here I believe the Lord has spoken to us so beautifully thank you Pastor John Gordon praise God how would you like to replace that appetite for other things that are distractions that will pass away
for Jesus. And as John Gordon said, and he quoted me, and I often do say it, when Jesus is central, everything in life is better. So have you gotten out of the season of prayer that you used to have? Are you spending too much time on distractions? And distractions aren't only distractions. Sometimes they're defilements, as has been brought out, that hinder God's presence. And so I just want to give you another opportunity, and then I'm going to tell you something funny. But first, I want you to pray. Lord, help me to seek you first. Seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added. I was reminded last week we used this verse. Wherefore do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me. Eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Lord, we choose you today. God draws back. Everyone in this room, God has more for you. He wants you to have a satisfying Christian experience. Church won't satisfy you, but Jesus will. Jesus, come. Fill every heart here today. Help us to make wise choices. Give us an appetite for the things eternal. Help us to always live with eternal values in view. Help us not to waste and just leave behind that wonderful blessing that you want to give every life because we're distracted. God, help us. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your presence here. Bless each one in Jesus' name.